Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, I'm Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. Tanner Ward was a 19-year-old young man from the small town of Trenton, Missouri. After some rocky teenage years, it seemed like Tanner was starting to finally find his footing in life. With a new baby daughter named Sophia and a fiancé named Megan, things were starting to look up. But then everything would take a sharp turn towards the worst possible outcome. What happened to Tanner Ward will have you scratching your head, uncertain about everything you think you know. Technically, this is pretty much a closed case, but the family believes that it is far from over. We're going to talk about the mystery surrounding the death of Tanner Ward. Before we get started, I wanted to give you guys a little heads up that I'm going to be making a few changes, but I think you're going to like them. 
after reviewing some of the feedback, I've decided to slow down a little and stop pumping out so much content, but instead work more on the content that I do put out. So that means that I will be releasing episodes twice a week every week on Mondays and Thursdays, but they're going to be longer than my typical episodes. I hope you guys are cool with this change. Thank you everyone for the feedback. I want to make Serial Napper like the very best it can be in 2021 because everything else is kind of garbage and I hope this is a step in the right direction. Tonight's episode is sponsored by the new true crime blog that will give you your true crime fix in between episodes. Serialkillers.io has new true crime content posted every week to keep you entertained in between your favorite true crime podcasts. If you're interested in diving deeper into the backstories of these infamous criminals or just beefing up your general true crime knowledge, I know you'll love reading through the posts on SerialKillers.io. From criminal profiles to true crime facts and listicles, guys, seriously, I love a good listicle. The content is interesting, it's well-researched, and it's super satisfying to true crime lovers like you and I. Stay tuned halfway through the episode for a sneak peek of SerialKillers.io. I also have the link in my show notes. That's SerialKillers.io. Okay, let's jump in. I want to preface this episode by saying that I really don't know what happened to Tanner Ward. Only Tanner Ward knows what happened to Tanner Ward. And unfortunately, he's not around to tell us. But I think the fact that there are so many unanswered questions still and pieces that don't seem to fit means that we need to keep talking about it. His family deserves to feel like they finally know what happened. So let's keep Tanner's story alive until they kind of feel like they have a bit of closure. This story kind of reminds me of the Christian Giacchio case, and I think you'll see why once we get into it. As I mentioned, Tanner was born on September 17th, 1997. He was a 19-year-old from Trenton, Missouri, which is another one of those really small towns where everyone seems to know everyone else. He had a little baby girl named Sophia, who he shared with his fiancée, Megan. He did have a bit of a shady past involving drugs and weapons, and he had been hanging around with the wrong kind of people, but he was really looking forward to finally settling down, being a good father, and becoming a husband. My brother was a happy person, said his sister, Kelsey Ward. He loved his baby girl, his girlfriend, all of us. He was making plans for his future. On the evening of June 7th, 2017, Tanner was about to have dinner at his family's home when he said that he had to pop out quickly to visit a friend named Jeremiah. He told his mother that he would only be gone about 30 minutes and asked her to put out a plate aside for him. He kissed his daughter Sophia goodbye and walked out the door. A few hours later that evening, Tanner still hadn't returned home. His dinner sat on the counter getting cold. He actually didn't return back to the house at all that evening, which was really unusual for him, not something typical of Tanner. The following day, when Tanner still had not returned and nobody could get a hold of him, his family became really worried. His sister Kelsey, who he was close to, became especially worried and decided to track down that friend that Tanner had supposedly gone to visit the night before, named Jeremiah. 
She didn't really know who Jeremiah was. She had never heard Tanner mention him or see him hang out with him, which was a little bit strange because, like I said, in this town, everyone just kind of knew everyone. This meant that Kelsey had to do a little asking around and try to figure out who this Jeremiah guy was and where he lived. Finally, she was able to get an address, so she decided to go knock on the door to see if Tanner was there. So she went up to the house, she knocked on the door, but there was no answer. She turned the doorknob, and it was unlocked, so she went in, figuring that whoever lived there might have just been sleeping or something. She really wanted to figure out where Tanner was, because at this point, nobody had heard from him in a day. When Kelsey walked inside the home, she was completely shocked at what she discovered. The place was trashed. It was an absolute wreck. It was overturned with furniture, garbage strewn about, and a big hole in the wall. The back door was wide open. Kelsey started walking through the chaos, and she spots Tanner's baseball cap just lying in the mess. Tanner never went anywhere without his baseball cap, so seeing it just in this pile of this trashed house, it was startling, especially since no one had heard from Tanner. Kelsey decided to take the hat into the police department, and she told them that Tanner was missing. Of course, likely because of Tanner's age and his history, the police told her not to panic, that they would look into it, but it was probably all fine and he would turn up at some point. Even with his past, Kelsey knew that he wouldn't just disappear and leave his daughter behind or not even reach out to his fiance, who also had no idea where he was. Now, time passes, the police say they're looking into it, but nobody hears from Tanner. Clearly, something is not right. The family, they put up flyers everywhere, all over Trenton and neighboring towns, hoping that someone might have seen him or have any information as to where he might be. It's now two weeks into Tanner's disappearance, and Kelsey happens to run into this Jeremiah guy in town. She spots him getting out of his truck and immediately recognizes the shirt that he's wearing as being Tanner's. She says to him, what the hell is on your shirt? Because it looks like four little cigarette burn holes. To which he replied, oh, nothing. Those are stains. She tells him that she's going to call the police, and he says he'll meet her there. Now, in all fairness, the t-shirt that Jeremiah is wearing is a plain gray t-shirt. It's one that he may have also owned. There's nothing really all that unique about it as far as I can tell, but the fact that Kelsey felt like she immediately recognized it as her brother's shirt is kind of interesting to me. Both of them go independently to the police station where Kelsey proceeds to tell them that she believes the shirt that Jeremiah is wearing is actually Tanner's. So police ask this guy if they can take the shirt, and according to Kelsey, he's initially reluctant to hand it over, but eventually he does. Now, apparently the shirt is tested, and in the most recent interview that I could find with police, they tested it and said that there were a couple anomalies on the shirt, but they can't say that they're blood, and they've asked for them to be tested. Now, I can't find anything regarding the actual results of this test, so if anyone has any information, please send it over to me. Now, we're five weeks into the disappearance of Tanner Ward, and his past kind of catches up to him. A warrant for his arrest is issued due to a parole violation. 
Tanner had pled guilty the year prior to unlawful use of a weapon stemming from an incident at an apartment building. He was placed on five years of probation. Now, I'm going to come back to this incident because his family suspects that it may have something to do with what happened to him. I'm assuming the parole violation is probably due to them not being able to get a hold of him for five weeks. So thinking that maybe he was on the run or hiding out somewhere. Police continued to follow up on leads, including a search of Jeremiah's property. They even brought in the cadaver dogs and the dogs got a hit on a burn pit in his backyard. So the police dug up where the burn pit was, which was about six foot wide by 10 feet long. So it's a pretty big burn pit. When they dig it up, they find lots of little bones. But when the bones were tested, they turned out to be chicken bones. So this was another dead end. Now, cadaver dogs are supposed to be able to detect the difference between human and animal remains in the area that they're tracking. They can go through the woods and ignore decomposing squirrels and birds while honing in specifically on the scent of a deceased human. But as we also know, cadaver dogs are not right 100% of the time. Just something to take note of. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, 
Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Police don't have a whole lot to work with. Rumors are swirling the whole time, and Tanner's family keep hearing different things about what may have happened to him. Some of the rumors that they're getting suggest that Tanner was actually tortured and then killed. One of the tips that they received said he was tortured for about four months and then they killed him and kept him in the freezer. Another one of the rumors said that they had beat Tanner with a baseball bat, that they had tortured him. They hung him in either a well or a fruit cellar, kept him alive, but unfortunately he had died. But, of course, these were just rumors. There was no solid evidence to back it up, so the police couldn't really do a whole lot about it. Then, on a cold December morning, six months after Tanner disappeared, there was a heartbreaking discovery. Two kids, on their way to school, reported seeing a body hanging in a tree. A corpse was spotted, hanging from the neck up, in a tree above a tangle of branches. The body was very badly decomposed, making it difficult to identify. The fingers are mummified, and the feet were missing. There are several articles of clothing found with him, his shirt, pants, a sock. Authorities conduct an autopsy, and they check dental records to confirm the body's identity. Tragically, it is Tanner Ward. And then they reveal the cause of death. Their preliminary finding is that it was a suicide. The forensic pathologist's report stated that there were no injuries to the body other than what was sustained during the fall from the tree around the neck. So what they're saying is that Tanner hung himself in the tree and his body fell onto a branch where it lay there for six months before being spotted by these two teens walking to school. Now let's talk about this for a minute. The body would have been up there for six months. Do you think that someone would have spotted a body up in a tree within a six-month span? I mean, I'm honestly not too sure. We tend to look more in front of us, not necessarily up in trees, so maybe not. But the body was found on the main strip of town next to a business that's open Monday through Saturday. So there would have been a lot of people passing by this tree, and it would have been up there in the summer months as well. Wouldn't anyone have smelled a decomposing body? An eyewitness who worked at a construction site just yards from where Tanner was found hanging told Tanner's mom, Ma'am, I've been 10 feet 
from that tree multiple times throughout this year, I can assure you he was not in the tree at that time. Their work storage building was about 25 feet from the tree. Something else unusual is that Tanner's feet, along with his shoes, were missing and they were never recovered. Police believe that they could have been eaten by coyotes. I don't know a whole lot about coyotes, but I do know that they can be quite large, so I'd assume if they wanted to eat a whole body, they'd probably take more than just the feet. But again, that's only my opinion. I'm not a coyote expert. Now, the two kids that were on their way to school who found Tanner's body that day in December, one of them was actually Tanner's childhood friend. Remember, this is a small town. I couldn't find his name, but when he talked to Crime Watch Daily, he told them, It was windy that day, so we heard the wind push it and the tree creak, so we looked up. It was like right above that stack of wood, and that's when I realized it was real. He went on to say that there's no possible way he could have missed seeing it before. And I can definitely understand where he's coming from, but again, playing devil's advocate, we tend to not really pay attention to the things around us, especially up in a tree. But police say evidence shows Tanner had been hanging there for a while. The decomposition, the way it was hanging on the branch, and all of the brush that had grown around it, there didn't appear to be any defensive wounds, although the body was very badly decomposed at the time it was found. So, of course, I mean, they could have missed something. But either way, the forensic pathologist ruled it a suicide. Now, let's take a minute to go back to that incident that I had mentioned previously in regards to the bit of legal trouble that Tanner had gotten himself into. Now, his family believes it may be a reason that someone might have tortured and murdered Tanner. Tanner was on felony probation at the time he disappeared for a home invasion in 2016 in which he and his brother had gone into a house with weapons. It all started with an angry teenage dispute over a drug deal, but it led to Tanner and his older brother Tyler showing up with a gun and not allowing people to leave. Those rumors that have been swirling and the messages that Tanner's mom has received, well, A lot of it talked about this incident being what set off a violent war of retribution involving Tanner's friend Jeremiah and his upstairs neighbor, Stephanie Miller. Now, Stephanie Miller, apparently her daughter was one of the people allegedly being held hostage that evening. So I don't know. Tanner's family believes that the whole thing was retaliation for that home invasion and that they didn't intentionally kill him. They were supposed to just beat him and let him go, but when Tanner fought back, they had to kill him. Again, these are just rumors and you know how quickly rumors can spread like wildfire in a small town. So the Ward family, not believing that this was a suicide, decided to pay for their own autopsy to have done. And even with this second autopsy, the answer came back that the injury sustained to the body appeared to be that of a suicide. Still, Tanner's mother, Lisa, remained firm in her beliefs. She believed that this was a murder and someone placed her son in that tree. She's firm that there was absolutely no sign that Tanner would take his own life. Lisa went on to say, there's no note. He was not suicidal, didn't have suicidal tendencies, was very involved with his family. He was making plans for Father's Day weekend. He was making plans for when his dad got back from deployment. 
Tanner was also engaged to be married. He was putting his legal troubles behind him and was ready to start his new life. This is at least what his family says. But while it's incredibly difficult to accept the suicide of a loved one, especially your son, we don't always know what's going on in someone's head. Sometimes there's signs, but sometimes the happiest of people are hiding thoughts that no one has any idea about. And the question also begs to be asked, why would someone dig up a body six months later and hang it from a tree a few blocks from his house to stage a suicide? To me, in my opinion, it seems like that would be a pretty big risk of getting caught. I mean, you're leaving evidence out. You're letting the body be found. I I don't know. So, was this a suicide? Was Tanner murdered? I have no idea, but I think it's worth discussing, and I think there are too many unanswered questions and unexplored potential theories, so... I don't think it's totally a closed case. Still, I would love to hear your thoughts on this story. And I would like to once again thank tonight's sponsor. Make sure you visit SerialKillers.io, a new true crime blog with new content posted every week. And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or you can subscribe to me on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, and it's all one word. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer. Bye. I'm Dean. I'm the dad. I'm Laura. I'm the mom. And I'm Crystalyn. I'm the daughter. And together we are... Family Plot! The Family Plot Podcast, a show where we discuss history, folklore, true crime, and the paranormal. Minus all the oogie bits. We are PG-13. Don't ruin the commercial. Do catch us looking into special topics like the origins of fairy tales. Sherlock Holmes. And the trial of Dr. Hyde and Mr. Swope. Find out who Dad Man Crush is. Or what happens in Krista's corner. But behave, you two. So come be a part of the fam. Available on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Family Plot Podcast. Bye.